0: Okay, we're going to review just a little bit to get in the swing of things. What did we finish up for our topic last week? Praying. Brain? Praying. Brain. 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 Oh, praying. <laughs> praying, yes. Or prayer. It did sound like that. So tell me something that you learned about prayer. Talking <laughs> to Okay. What did you learn that's useful to you? That praise is just as important as everything else. Okay. Oh, to say a thank you at the beginning. Okay. Okay, Like what you're thankful for. Thanksgiving. There's a structure in the Bible for giving a proper prayer. Call that Don't prayer. Pray. You <clears throat> what else did you learn? We did he answers to prayer. Oh, that's pray. good. No slow grow go. Yay. <laughs> that's what it is. Right? Yeah, I think so. that yeah, that was it. I believe. Really... No means no slow means slow. grow, means grow. grow. no go. <laughs> No doesn't mean go, because no, doesn't Actually. mean go nine. Okay. And slow doesn't mean go. Slow means slow. It's slow. Right. Right. Okay. Anything else? Uh-huh. Any other highlights oh. we should say? I remember we're asking for only what you <clears> Petition. Talk <throat> about petition. For that like, day. Okay. Okay. Or, so like... Asking. Okay. Intercession. Intercession. Asking. Not interception. Interception. Intercession. Right. Intercession. asking (laughs) Requesting something on behalf of somebody else. Okay. Yes. Like Elisha and Moses. What was, what about it was like them? Did he ask for prayers? Why did we look at them? their conversations with God. Elisha raised a boy from the dead by praying for him mm-hmm. and Moses oh yeah talked to God about not destroying everyone that he rescued from Egypt yes okay. because of a golden cow I think Yep. Yeah. what was their attitude well yes they're the Israelites by me. Elisha and okay. Moses. Forgive them, father. They not want to Okay, yep, that's a good correlation. <laughs> Audrey, are you <laughs> okay? You look like you're in a Bollywood movie. What? Yeah, it is good. Towards God. Were they thinking of themselves? No. So they were... Selfless. Okay, good. Humble. Yep. Me. <coughs> yeah, good. Those are all good. You guys are getting it. Yeah, we are. I feel like I, my head's still stuck in last week, honestly. Like... That's all right. <coughs> okay, so tonight we're going to do a one-week topic. And then we're going to be back at something else. Oh yeah, or do we have a, do we have a, do we have a, do we have a, not sure Is it something? but, we might need we have one more the week before school. 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 Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, Alright, <coughs> let's take a, so, I have a question for you. Let's start a new color. How do you become a Christian? You accept Jesus Christ into your heart. Okay, how do you do that? It's like also you have to part. like. I mean, think mean, we these are all true. Simply though. Okay, never mind then. You're explaining this in the most simple way. We're giving you ideas, and into then we to make heart. it like super complex. <laughs> so like all our ideas will go together. What you say? Asking <laughs> to come into your heart. Yes. How do you do that? You pray and you ask. Ah, yeah. So you pray. <laughs> So this is, so not an extension, but related to our previous topic. Um, What then, after you, because very basically, you have to actually talk to God, right? You have to interact with him if you want to become a Christian. What does being a Christian mean? It means not. Necessarily, just believing—you have to like live it and like act. Okay. The, path of the path that God wants to live. Like, you to like. They also have to. What is it? Live <coughs> your lives for God's plan, his purpose, and. Everything that you do should be, um, like, for God. And okay, like we for, for the main goal of... of That's true. Uh, his you plan, can, I don't know. Very simply. Yeah. For Christ. You, you can spread his word, like he said to do. Yes. He asked us the to do that. Was it Mark? Or yeah, Matthew, okay. 28. Yeah. Okay. You guys remember this? I'll read the Bollywood. This, this might be a little bit before this band. W W J D. what would Jesus do? do? He would love first. <laughs> he would. H W L. Why do I bring that up and say I like this? Say, what does it mean Christ. to be a Christian? Because be like you Jesus. Jesus is example. Okay, you are a follower <coughs> of Jesus. And you want to, right? Yes. But not like in a bad way. How can you follow Jesus? Jesus forgives. He loves and he pledged. How Satan wanted to be. Oh, like, be like, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Not the following of Jesus, but be like oh, Actually, Satan's. You could go beyond that because if you look at where this side what pride is, which was what um, Satan suffered from—that's like his sin, pride slash rebellion. Pride is when you want to be better or have better things or be above somebody else. It's not being equal with them, you actually want to be a little bit better. So Satan actually, if you think about what his sin is, that he, f- he stumbled with, he wanted to be in and above God. He kind of sounds like a corrupt CEO. A corrupt CEO? CEO. Oh, CEO. Uh, oh, I would say a corrupt CEO could be like Satan. Reverse it. But. Okay, so if you are should be a follower of Jesus, how do you know how to do that? The Bible, I'm, good, good. You guys are doing it's, good. It's a, it's a. The, so what does the Bible say about? giving a follower of Christ? Um, See, it, it does tell us stuff it gives example. I don't know maybe oh. lost the cover of the Bible people's lives and their actions and tell us the consequences whether it's good or okay. bad and then you base your decisions off of that yep. so it gives us actual people's lives that we can observe and learn from how they did things and how God interacted with them that's a really good way <laughs> okay are you come okay over there I want you to turn to, we're going to look at a couple different ones here. These are all in the New Testament, and these are all things that Jesus said. So, this is good because if you want to follow Jesus, what's a nice little roadmap to doing that? Read everything yes. in red. Read everything that Jesus did, right? Read That's, everything in the gospel so, in red. So, Matthew chapter 7 is the first one. Do you one. have a red word Bible? Or some mm-hmm. to red? It was in Matthew. Yes, in the New Testament. Chapter. Yes, she does. Seven. Seven. Yep. So anything that's written in red is what Jesus said. actually said. So, yeah, actually said. Wait, Matthew what? Seven. Okay. Verse seven. Going to read seven and eight. Verse eight. seven of what chapter? Chapter seven. Chapter seven. Isn't that like a special number on the Bible? Seven. It means complete. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't mean that Because all the chapter numbers and verse numbers were added by later by Christians. Just to make it easy Yes, to find things. Alright, go ahead. Read verse 7. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Okay, this first one that we're looking at, of what Jesus said, is he is talking about how to become a Christian, right? And he says that you need to ask, knock, and it will be opened. What does that sound like? Become a Christian. We already talked about it. John, come up with a new answer. Ask for Jesus to come to you. Yeah, praying, right? Okay. So that's how we have, <laughs> how we know that that's how you talk to God and how you become a Christian. That's the starting point, the spark that starts the flame. All right, Matthew chapter sixteen. So turn ahead a little bit more. Verse 13. Um, okay, yep. We start with verse 13 of chapter 16 and go through 17. When Jesus came unto the coast of Seisria. Caesarea. Caesarea. Philippi. He asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I the son of Man, And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto him, But who say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. <laughs> 17. What? Audrey, verse seventeen. Oh, of sixteen. Sixteen, and seventeen. Um, and Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Okay, so. Basically, what happens is Jesus has been going around doing his ministry. He's already done the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, people are realizing that what he said is there's a lot of truth to it, that he's doing all these miracles, that he's not a normal guy. So some people are saying, I think he is a liar. John the Baptist. Yeah, well, some people say he's John the Baptist, because John the Baptist has already been in heaven, so they're saying he's back alive. Some are saying that this is um, which is Isaiah, because he's so good at speaking. Some people say, no, no, it's Jeremiah. That's who he is. And so Jesus says, who do you all think that I am? (coughs) Peter says, well, I think that you are the son of God. And he says that you are the Christ. Do you know what Christ literally means? Uh, what's it? Oh. Savior. Okay, so he thinks he says, I think that you are the Savior, or you could say also say Messiah, right? And. Everybody okay? So. <laughs> yes. no, Alright? Yeah, Why is everybody yawning? I'm all over yeah. the we're talking about becoming a Christian. What point is this for Peter? What point has he here? arrived at? Jesus is the Savior. Okay? What does that mean for Peter? He is saved. What does he come to in a conclusion in this time? What is that? He's the son of the living God. Okay, well what would you how would you describe that event for Peter? Intriguing. Huh. Big. Okay, big. That's Like a, like a, like a realization. Like this a one. realization. This right. is the right kind of way. This is the right A revelation. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? How about awakening? Yeah. <clears throat> and Jesus even says it in the verse, Audrey read. what does Jesus say? at the end of that verse. In 17. Bless you, uh, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my heart in Okay, that there is a part there where the Holy Spirit is a part of that, right? And that's something we've talked about before. We've done lessons on that. the Holy Spirit is comes into you when you're saying that he has an effect on you. Um, so, let's go to our last one <clears throat> of this grouping, Luke 23, so a couple, Matthew, Mark, Luke 23, this is also, uh, this is one you'll be familiar with, chapter 23, verse 42, 43, this is while Jesus is hanging on the cross, if you remember there are two criminals that are crucified on either side of him, and they have been mocking him and then one of the criminals has a change of heart and this is what he does, verse 42. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shall thou be with me in paradise. Okay. So famous um, where everybody remembers that story because it's very impactful, right? This guy is literally at the end of his life. And he makes, not that he had many opportunities before, but he makes a change of heart, and he happens to be right there next to Jesus and asks him if he will remember. <coughs> and he says, you will be with me today. So we have another <coughs> case of someone making that decision within their heart and within their mind that they believe that Jesus is their Savior, that he can save them. Okay. So, they are Christian now. Are they a Christian now? Well, it would be easy. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because what did Jesus say? <laughs> that we just read. We're going into heaven. Yes, you are going to heaven. Okay. <clears throat> is that the end? Of what? Of becoming a Christian. Yeah. yeah. It's the beginning. Okay, it is the beginning. It is. It... Yes. It... Well, it's not the end. Because we just said that you have to believe it, believe it, but also believe it. Yes. Okay. So it's not. Have you, sorry, sorry, have sorry. you all seen The Office? Something. Yeah. Something? I've, yeah. yeah. Do you remember when Michael Scott, Scott goes, "I declare bankruptcy" in The Office? Yes. Because he has no money, and Jim is like, "I don't think he realizes that you can't just yell." I declare bankruptcy. There's more to it than that. You have to go and file legal documents and do all this paperwork and it's a proceeding. It's a little bit like that where you can't just say (coughs) I'm saved and then stop there. You can but you're called to do more than that, okay? You're called to go beyond that. You that is the start, that is where you then, that decision has been made, but then you have to follow through on it, that there is a next part that needs to begin. So this is where, and we've described it as this before, where living it is like a journey. Um, we've done, or maybe you have done in the past, Pilgrim's Progress. Studied it, anybody? I don't know. maybe you did it in another class somewhere. I, don't know. Oh. I watched it in the theater. <clears throat> I remember when I was like really little and like, they oh. had to study that. Oh, and, well, I think that like, was they the did point that the and movie. they did okay. the. Okay, so that's an allegory of the Christian life where it's not real things that happen, but it's about real things, and the whole story, the idea is that you are on a journey to heaven. There's a point in it very early on where he comes to the cross, his burdens fall away, and he becomes saved, but there's still the rest of the journey that is long, and the rest, the last three quarters of the book to get through of what happens to him in his didn't we watch it? We did one time, yeah. Yeah, and he went for the with, Not the new one, the one with like the He went course. for like the okay. quick way, the way off done that with Sarah. And the no, Morals? Everybody right? everybody did it at the same the time. And he points, had to follow yeah. all the rules because he was told the Oh, Oh, this You're class really we watched the new one. Yeah, because yeah. he went no, to um
1: uh, guy really well. and i told that this guy would take off his So it's been
0: a while since I did yeah, it's a good review. I like to do it every once in a while, too. So the point is that it's a journey that there's not just this beginning, end, and that's it. And you can coast along. That there are requirements along the way that you now, which Paul talks about this a lot, Jesus mentions it, that you need to pick up your cross and carry it. Have you heard that said before? No. What does it mean to pick up your cross and carry it to carry your burdens your sins i don't know because jesus and you carry your sins and you well, take not, care of them on your own well, not. More. no i don't know cause but like when jesus cool. carried the cross it wasn't his sins though and, and like that was the was was. point of it like he had help i mean somebody came and like helped him okay that's so the like picture, so right? like jesus comes and helps you you yes, he does care to help you. So, like, he has promised to help you carry your burdens. But, like, yeah. Okay? It's, it's, it's a symbol of you are going to have hard things to do in your life, and you have to make the choice to do them, all right? And now, there's one last part to that, because you pick up your cross. You can choose to do that so the journey. But there's a third thing, which is my idea and whole reason to talk about this lesson <clears> is <throat> to surrender. Is there an actual leak or something? And I heard that dripping noise again. It's the squeaky marker. Squeaky. What is it, what does it mean to surrender? to like, give yourself up. Give yourself up, okay. What might it be to surrender in this context? What are you to, to surrender? To, to God's will. Okay. Yeah. Willing to do what He wants. Okay, that's good. That's a good start. So, what might it look like? Maybe it looks like now that I'm a Christian, I'm going to go be at church every Sunday. That'd be a good start, right? Say I'm going to go because I need to be in God's presence. I need to learn. I need to be a part of the church. Maybe then you say, "Well, I'm also going to. I'm going to decide to do devotions each day. I'm going to decide to spend time with God each day. I can do that. Uh, maybe I will choose to work." <coughs> Less crazy hours, and instead I'm going to spend more time doing stuff at church for, for people in the church. Maybe surrendering means I'm going to do something else to help further the gospel. Something that I feel God is asking me to do. Slip a Bible through a mouth slot. slot. Sometimes that people have done that in the past, and that has been helpful. The, you don't know there's all types of things that you can do now all that is good good things to do some of those are difficult things to do but <coughs> then God does a thing not that this is really how you are but let's say this is you How much are you willing to surrender? You gonna do this much? I don't think. Or maybe add that to the rest of it. How much are you willing to do? Are you willing to go and close the gap? I have nothing but free time, so I honestly probably could. Well, it's not about free time necessary, because what happens then is God starts putting situations in front of you to as a way to say, "What about that? Are you willing to surrender that?" Hmm. Now, what I'm just going to give you some examples. Some of these are things that I, sometimes we, like me and Sarah, did and you didn't even realize what you were committing to sometimes. Sometimes you knew way ahead and you were like, I don't want to do that. One of them while in Georgia is we offered to give a girl a ride to church on like a Tuesday and then it was a Sunday. And it was it added an extra forty-five minutes to our trip. Which we had a half hour trip to church. And it grew into every time we went to church, we took her. And that was good. That was nice of you guys. It was nice. On top of that, the entire car ride, she would talk. Whether you were listening or not, she talked the whole time for 45 minutes there 45 minutes the if week, does that sound familiar and, every week. and now she was the nicest girl she still is a very nice girl eventually every once in a while when you touch base with her but it was something where at first we didn't know what we were surrendering and then it was like yup Let's do along it now. It would well, it made it for a very long trip each time. but looking back, when we think of that time in Georgia, we often think of this girl and it is actually always with uh, th- thinking of it fondly that we are very glad that we did that and that that was very impactful for her and it was powerful for her and it meant a lot to her. And so sometimes there's little things like that. Are you willing to surrender that some time like that? Now, uh, this is a different one. How about have you ever um, given a suggestion for something? You said, we should do that. You're talking about maybe something for open house or whatever it might be and your idea is just kind of whether on purpose or just gets caught up in the conversation isn't done isn't really addressed or they don't do it right away it's in and they do something else I you might see you might think, oh, that's not a big deal. Well, to some people it is. I've seen people just say, Well, I'm not gonna help if they don't want to listen to what I have to say. I'm just not gonna do anything. dear God Karen's. That's and that that's a sad thing. That's a part of where pride causes you to be left out of God. More. That was a challenge. Are you willing to sacrifice a little section? God is asking you are you willing to say oh that doesn't matter where and here's the one for me that was hard to learn and it was something where every time I had to remind myself that it didn't matter and it would be when working on actual like doing any type of like building thing or making things or any type of working with your hands where you'd be working with another group and maybe somebody necessary. wasn't the best painter. Or they did build something a little differently and I had to remind myself, is that really what matters? Am I? Are we here to make something that's the most beautiful, the coolest, the best built, the most robust, best thing ever, or what is our real goal here? Is it to work together towards something? Is it to build relationships together? Is it towards a different cause than whatever the individual thing that's being made? And I'd say, you know what? That's what's more important. Instead of me wanting, I don't know, something dumb like ever screw in a perfect line Or something like that. Because that's... And you might think, wow, that's like a crazy thing to want. But we all have different things with who we are and our personalities. And sometimes it's not even a bad thing to want things organized or to make something nice or whatever it might be. But sometimes you have to say, can I surrender that aspect of my personality to God and say, use... Use whatever you want. It doesn't and focus on what his actual purpose is. When I started doing that more, and being willing to give things like that up, I would start to see more and more of God working despite all that stuff. That stuff didn't matter. There were things like, it, it could be any kind of thing. You could say, well, I think that we should park all the cars at the drive down parallel park. They all should be parallel parked so they can look out their side window. And you can get hung up, right, I'm just coming up with something silly, but you can get hung up on an idea and say, that's how it should be, and I can't believe they won't listen, I'm just, I'm not going well, to park cars anymore because of that. But are you missing out on something? Or maybe because you're not there anymore, maybe there's somebody who you had a relationship with that then stopped coming to the drive because you weren't there anymore. There, who knows? You, but you have to be willing to be self, to be selfless right we talked about this humble selfless and say my ideas are not always God's ways I need to reconsider that be willing to listen to others and their ideas and let people who God has put in place be the leader in that position so I want to turn back to Matthew, chapter 16. There's a further part in that chapter that I left out to begin with. Matthew, chapter 16, verse 24. There's some stuff in between that we're going to pass over for now. Um, And this is... Jesus talking more about what it means to follow him, to be a Christian. So we'll start with verse 24 and go to verse 27. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever Will lose his life for my sake, shall find it. For what is a man profited, if he shall gain the whole world, but lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the son of a man shall come in his glory, (coughs) of his father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say. Nope. Right there. That's good. Okay. So. Here is the second part of Peter recognizing Jesus as God, who is the Savior. Then Peter gives these instructions. He says, if you want to follow after me, you are going to have to carry the cross, right? And then he says, deny yourself. Exist. No. No. Your ways, how you used to live. Okay, that's good. Maybe not all the ways, right? Maybe there were some things you did do good. Your nature. Your sin nature, right? Yep. Deny your and um That's good, because that leads us here into, because he's brought this sin nature here, because Jesus tells us a crazy thing. It's not might not seem crazy to you, because you've heard it before, but he says, if you want to save your life, you need to lose it. What? That seems, I mean, honestly, it seems moronic, right? To throw away your life to gain it. That doesn't make any sense. But sometimes spiritual things are like that. that The way spiritual things work is that it's the reverse of the world. It's the opposite of our instincts, our sin nature. Instead of trying to save ourselves, we need to offer up ourselves. And it doesn't say here, but Paul has said it, to offer yourself up as a living sacrifice. That you are going to sacrifice things in your life to follow god so think of it um, so this is a hard lesson because nobody wants to surrender right whoever surrenders is the loser right if you're playing a game playing, I don't know, capture the flag, you're playing maybe something closer to the war like paintball or Call of Duty. dodgeball or whatever. If you surrender, you lose. That's it. But I have <clears> found, <throat> found that every time that I have surrendered to the Holy Spirit convicting me of you're making this too important. You're making this a bigger deal like this. That it was one of the best things that I did. And it's not something that I just forget because it's hard to change your nature. It keeps coming back. It wants to retake you over. And, but if you can change your character to possess a servant's attitude... problems in your life. Why do I say servants attitude? What does a servant do? Serves other people. Okay, yes. Good job using the word to define the word. Um they like um what's the whole nature of being a servant? Taking care of someone else. To do what other people what need to do the, use the use master the people higher than you. The master okay who's the master? God um, in fact, people call them master right in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay, picture this. Have you ever been in a old house where, like it's a big, doesn't, it could be almost mansion-y. And nope. there's lots of floors in the house. There's staircases. My house is 250 years old. That's very old. It has almost no and foundation left. And there might, there might be bedrooms. it's old, but it's not imagined. Kitchen. It's true, it's an old cobblestone school. Another bedroom. And then way up in the attic, there's like a special little room. The closest thing to an attic there is a crawl space and a dumbwaiter. Have you ever been in a house that has servants quarters? Yes. No. Green right? Oh, is nope. yeah. oh, that the one with the right. skinny door? Yes. Oh, so the servants... You, this would be for wealthy people. They would have servants who lived in their house or with them all the time. Like a live-in nanny? Yeah, kind of like that. Um, and they would have their own room. But it was like very oh no. small, and kind yep. of brand. Usually very small, not very well heated. What did a servant, a servant that lived inside their master's house, what did they own? Nothing, but the clothes on their back for the most part. Yep, they probably have some clothes. That's probably about they all. They might not even own the bed they sleep on. That's probably all they owned was the clothes their back. They probably had back. a few personal items. And that was it. But what? why do they not own anything? Because it's not their house. Why don't they own a stove? Don't they need to make food for themselves? No, the people own the food and the stove. They own everything in the house. Or you do to people them? to do it. Because they'll provide it for them. They'll provide it for them, right? It, they have needs, right, like food. <coughs> or maybe they need to go into town to buy something. All that stuff is provided for them, but what are they doing all the time? Cooking, cleaning, serving, pulling up people's shoes and yes, clothes. Yes, they're serving, but what are they focused on? What's the, their focus? The other people's. They're focused on what the master needs, what the lord of the house needs done. What is what is his occupation? What is his goals within the whole, um, his whole realm of his property and what he owns? And we often have a bad picture of servants, of it's a terrible life, right? But that's only because they serve human, imperfect masters. Because people suck, right? They do terrible jobs at what they're supposed to be. A master and a lord could be the best person that you ever worked for. But they tend to have flaws, right? As humans. Everybody has flaws. Right. But Jesus does not. If you worked for the best master ever, it would be. Paradise. It would be paradise, right? And so if we think about that, that if that's the idea that you are to surrender every corner of your life. Most of the time, the servant is spending its time, their time in the bedroom, in the kitchen, in the hall, on the grounds. Everywhere. They don't, all those corners don't belong to them. Though so all the things that they are doing don't belong to them. They have this little part up here. And really, truly, we shouldn't even have even a little part. Everything we should be willing to offer up and to surrender to God to let him have a part of it in our lives. Really, really hard to do. I think that's one of, well maybe it's just for me, but maybe that's one of the hardest parts of being a Christian. Is to be willing to give up every aspect of your life and that doesn't mean that it's some big showy thing that you're giving up sometimes nobody even knows what what you struggle with between you and god but it's something to think about something to be reminded of because we our tendency is to try to take those little corners back that we want them back our sin nature wants them back but we have to like we talk like you guys inquire sing about in the song putting on a new coat and throwing away the old coat, right? Yeah. Yep. I love that song. Do you? I It doesn't mean <laughs> so itself. I have one it's last. Bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. I have one last verse I want you to look at. Go to Psalms 127. Right in the middle of the Bible. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. 127? Nice. Verse one. This was kind of my lead. what initiated this whole lesson was this verse. Expect the Lord Except Oh sorry, accept the Lord, build the house, thy thy labor in vain that built it. It expect her, accept the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Okay. This might be seem a little bit wordy and an odd way to say it, but basically what it's saying is that if God isn't building the city, then all of the workers are just working for no reason. It's saying if God is not in it, then everything you do is just like running in place there's no value to it there's no purpose behind it if you haven't given it up to god he has to be behind it it has to fit into his plan for it to have value some and that doesn't always look like working on that open house we use that as as an example a lot because it's easy to use it as an example sometimes it just means waking up and showing up to where you have to be on time. Because that builds your reputation as you're a person of your word and that someone doesn't think negatively of you and say they're a Christian and they're always like or something like that. I don't know. Just a dumb thing like that. You don't know what aspect it is, but if you go through your life and your attitude as a servant, you don't have to worry about the details. God's going to work you about it as long as you are just showing up and showing up to do the labor. And you have the right attitude within your heart. You've changed your character to be a servant to God. All right, that's all I have for today. Thank you.